<laughs> Good morning. I'm going to be reading from Psalms 56. Be merciful to me, my God, for my enemies are in hot pursuit. All day long they press their attack. My adversaries pursue me all day long, and their pride many are attacking me. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose words I praise in God, I trust and am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Thank you, Hannah, for getting us started in uh, God's Word this morning. It's great to see you this morning and uh, some familiar faces and some guests even with us today. So thank you for being here. I just want to let you know about a few announcements this week to be uh, remembering and uh, marking your calendar about. Of course, when you came in, uh, there are some slips in the back for uh, deacon nominations. If you'll take a moment to please nominate uh, someone that you think could fill that position of being a deacon in our church family. Uh, we would be thankful for that and appreciative of that. Uh, our normal activities, do I say normal? I mean, I guess our abnormal activities this week. Uh, we'll continue our family meeting on Tuesday night and our Wednesday Bible study uh, here on Wednesday morning with Pastor Jim. So looking forward to that. This week we do have some special uh, activities happening. We really are want to get plugged in and doing some local missions efforts. So there's some slips down here. On the table at the front, if you want to pick up one of those, I know Heath is taking a, a group of men, and if you uh, want to get out in the morning sunshine and do some uh, some yard work tomorrow morning, there's a dear lady in Spartanburg that we want to go serve. I think we, we have a full slate, but if you want to go out and help, we would love for you to do that. And uh, on uh, Wednesday, we're going to be visiting some of the folks in our community and some of our older folks in our church family as well. And uh, Thursday, uh, preparing to uh, go out in our community and do some visitation. So if you have never done some door-to-door visitation, come and join us. We're going to be doing that Thursday. We'll meet here at the church at 6.30. And we're just going to go to doors, take a gift from our church family, and ask people this question. How can we pray for you? That's it. That's it. And I've never had a door slammed in my face Asking somebody how I can pray for them. So we're going to do that Thursday. And then we need just a few more people to help on Friday afternoon set up uh, for our Saturday uh, missions yard sale that will be happening in the Family Life Center uh, Saturday morning. So if you'll mark your calendar for that. I also want to let you know when August rolls back around, we probably will be moving back to the Family Life Center for our worship. Uh, I know it's getting really tight in here. That's a good problem. Uh, And we're meeting up here, just a reminder, because of our weekday summer camp program. Be praying for them. They've had some great things happen over the last few weeks. And and kids coming and seeing God uh, do some things in their lives. So we're thankful for what uh, God is doing there. So just want to let you know about those announcements. Tomorrow, we have another dear, sweet, precious saint of the Lord who has gone to be with Jesus. And uh, Miss Francis, tomorrow we will be receiving friends here at 1 o'clock here in the sanctuary, and that service will be at 2. So if you want to come out and uh, just uh, pay your respects and honor her and the family, just want to remind you of that as well. So let's pray together as we uh, focus our hearts on the Lord. Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for the privilege to worship together despite the craziness that continues to go on in our world. Uh, We recognize, Lord, that you are in control. And our desire this morning, above everything else that we could do, is to focus our attention on you and to worship you. Lord, I pray that for the burdens that we face this morning and for uh, where our attention is for a lot of us, God, could you just momentarily allow us to focus on Jesus 
You are our way maker and our difference maker today, and you desire to speak to our hearts. And so we just pray that you would do that today as we worship you. Thank you for your love for us, Lord. That is without question. And we honor you today and pray you'd speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand and sing the songs of the church today. We're going to be singing uh, one of the songs that uh, many of you hear on the radio, Waymaker. And uh, let's go on and stand. And then we're going to sing an old hymn today. And I love the words to the old hymn, His Way With Thee. So you worship as we... gracious i remember as a kid singing that we use that song as an invitation a lot of times in a church that i grew up in listen to the words of the chorus his power can make you what you ought to be his blood can cleanse your heart and make you free his love can fill your heart and you will see t'was best for him to have his way with thee. In this crazy world we live in today, I'm just going to tell you, I'm glad I've got Jesus. 
And I don't know what in this world people do that don't know him. But I'm telling you, I'm starting to look at the sky because I believe that Jesus is coming back more than ever. I believed it before, but I believe it more than ever right now. His promises are true. He's coming back. And I want my friends to know who Jesus is. So it's our responsibility as we are filled with his love as Christians. It's our responsibility to tell those that don't know him what they can do with a Savior. A Savior that sets us free. Isn't that a great thing? We, we, if we thought about this worldly stuff going on, we could really be in bondage. In our minds, we could be in bondage. And you know, we are, we are victorious as Christians. So His love, it can set us free. Let's sing this chorus again. His love, His power rather. Here we go. Amen. You can have a seat. Let's pray together. I wonder this morning, as you are preparing your hearts to pray, as Joey said, there are a lot of ways maybe the enemy this week has discouraged you. I want to give you just a few seconds, just without me even talking or praying, just for you to allow yourself to tune into the Spirit of the Lord and just ask Him to speak to your heart this morning, and I'll close us in prayer in just a second. Lord, even as Lynn plays this morning, I'm thinking about the lyrics of the song, Lord. Would you help us come back to the heart of worship? It is all about you, and so often when we see what's going on in our world, we think, Oh no, what, what? Lord, what do I do? What's going to happen? What about me? We get our eyes on ourselves, and that's understandable. But I pray this morning, Lord, with all of the things that are going on in our world, Lord, would you tune our hearts to you? God, I'm still convinced, and I know many friends in this place are convinced today, Lord, that you are in control, you're in charge, and all the things that we see, you have a reason for. We might not know what that reason is, but we believe that you have a reason for it. Maybe it is to draw our attention back to you and to worship you, and surrender ourselves afresh and anew to you. Lord, I lift up these friends in this place today.
And God, I pray for our church family, especially lift up the family of Miss Francis today, Lord, that they would feel the comfort of your Holy Spirit today. And Lord, that peace that passes all understanding that's a promise from your word. And Lord, those aren't cliches. We, we pray those things often, but we can pray those because that's the truth of your word. That if we call out to you and we ask that for that peace that passes all understanding, Lord, you'll give it to us. And if there's ever a time that our world needed peace, maybe it's today, Lord. A time of understanding, a time of wisdom, or a time of decision making. There's so much divisiveness and division, and even, even among the, the family of God. So, Lord, I pray today that you would bring us together by your Spirit. I pray as we look at your Word in just a little bit, God, that your Word would find a, a resting place in our hearts. And that as you told the disciples, Lord, that that Word, as it's scattered like seed, would fall on good soil this morning. I pray for the hearts of each person in this place, including my own, God, that our hearts would be good soil, ready to hear the word that is shared with us today. I pray for Heath as he preaches today. Lord, I pray that you would anoint him. I thank you, God. I thank you for him and his friendship and his leadership and the, uh, the giftedness of him and so many in our church family that you have gifted to teach and to share your word. What a blessing, God. What a blessing to have a church family with so many people who have the gift of sharing Jesus through word. And so I pray you'd open our hearts today. Lord, I thank you for so, so many other friends who have special gifts like music. I pray as Tyler shares in song in just a minute, God, that Lord, we would listen, we would hear. Give us ears to hear, Lord. The lyrics of songs that are saying, Lord, wherever you go, we'll follow. We'll, 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 you lead us and we'll follow, God. Would you help us to do that, not just with our lips, but with our hearts, with our lives. And so we give you this service today. Thank you so much for what you're continuing to do in our church family. Thank you for those maybe today who are visiting here for the first time. We are so grateful. What an honor. What an honor to gather together to worship you. Lord, we'll continue to do that through the remainder of this service. So draw our hearts to you. Bring us back to the heart of worship today. The heart of Jesus, who alone is worthy. And we pray in his name. Amen. So, um, I had planned on getting up here and dropping some sick beats on you guys, um, but as Heath's going to point out um, today, sometimes what we want in life is not what God has planned. And I had struggled what song to sing. Kayla and I had sat in the living room. She's like, what about this song? What about this song? No, no, no. It's just not feeling it. Um, and then... I came in um, one day to the office to visit, and he's like, hey, I got a song for you. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, and it just shows that, you know, God works things out. And uh, I relate that to things that are going on in the world now because it is so easy to get drawn into the argument, to, get, to be forced to pick a side, um, and to just, you know... We can ruin our testimony on Facebook or any other platform of social media in 30 seconds um, because we ostracize people that may not believe. 
Um, and so as we sing this song, following our, our emotions and what people are referring to as my truth um, in today's society, that's easy. Like, it's easy to jump on that train. But following God is, is the hard part. And uh, being able to follow him and diving into his words, it's not easy. And Satan's going to come after you, but it's going to be well worth it in the end. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. Where you move, I'll move. I will follow. All your ways are good. All your ways are sure. I will trust in you alone. Higher than my side, I am above my life. I will trust in you alone. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. Where you move, I'll move. I will follow you. Who you love, I'll love. How you serve, I'll serve. If this life I lose, I will follow you. Yeah, I will follow you. Yeah. Light unto the world, light unto my life. I will live for you. will trust in you alone Where you go, I'll go Where you stay, I'll stay Where you move, I'll move I will follow you Who you love, I'll love Who you serve, I'll serve If this life I lose I will follow you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow who you love, I love. How you serve, I'll serve. If this life I lose, I will follow. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. Where you move, I'll move. I will follow. When you love, I'll love. I'll serve if this life I lose. I will follow you. Yeah, I will follow you. Yeah, I will follow you. Yeah, I will follow you.
Thank you, Tyler. I appreciate that message through song. And uh, good to see everyone today all spread out and with smiles on your faces. And uh, I'm trying to put a smile on my face, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and do a disclaimer here as we get started. Uh, if I say something that doesn't really make sense, uh, I'm going to blame it on the fact that uh, we had a lock-in with our students uh, Friday night, and uh, so I was up while you were sleeping uh, Friday evening and early morning. I was awake till uh, 7.30, so, um, but I do want to say that uh, we had a great time with our students uh, and, um, and several visiting uh, kids, uh, their friends, and uh, we even had a, had a guest visitor. Uh, out of all the years uh, of uh, student ministry and uh, the lock-ins and uh, the all-nighters and the, the lack of sleep and uh, things like that, uh, Pastor Jack and Will uh, showed up at the bowling alley and hung out with us uh, Friday night. Uh, and so that was, it was great uh, to see him. And I appreciate uh, not only his friendship, as he said earlier, but I uh, appreciate his leadership uh, that, uh, that he's provided. Uh, and all several students turned around, they're like, Pastor Jack's here, you know. And uh, so I was like, I was like, yeah. And so I uh, want to say a big thank you to also to our summer interns. I know that they are uh, away today uh, sharing about what God's uh, doing in the Dominican Republic with some uh, churches in Chattanooga. Uh, in Georgia today, so but they were troopers, and uh, about four o'clock in the morning, they um, it was uh, starting to become evident that <laughs> that the lack of sleep was getting to some of them. Uh, poor Zach, he was uh, I think he was uh, drinking coffee about every ten minutes uh, <laughs> just to try to try to stay awake for those last couple of hours. So. Well, hey, let's go ahead and get into the uh, passage today. We're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 24, and I've titled the message today, Your Way or God's Way, Which One Will You Put Your Trust In? And uh, to give you a little background of where we're, going to, where we're going to be at today, in 1 Samuel chapter 23, King Saul had chosen 3,000 of his men uh, to pursue David. Uh, and so here in verse 20, or chapter 24, we pick up where Saul continues his pursuit of David. Now, we know that Saul was, was jealous of David from chapters before and had already tried to, because of the jealousy of David and all that David uh, had done uh, with God's help, uh, had already tried to take his life on multiple occasions and so, but we also know that David had a confidant, um, a friend of the king who happened to be his son, who was on David's side, who was there to help David um, continue to uh, flee and stay away from his dad. But in verse 1, it says this, After Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, he was told... David is in the desert of En Gedi. 
So Saul took 3,000 chosen men from all Israel and set out to look for David and his men near the crags of the wild goats. He came to the sheep pens along the way, and a cave was there. And Saul went in to relieve himself. David and his men were far back in the cave. The men said, this is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. Then David crept up unnoticed, some translations may say um, stealthily, and cut off a corner of Saul's robes. Afterwards, David was conscience-stricken for having cut off the corner of his robe. And he said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master. The Lord anointed, uh, the Lord's anointed, or lift my hand against him, for he is anointed of the Lord. With these words, David rebuked his men and did not allow them to attack Saul. And Saul left the cave and went his way. We'll continue on in the uh, chapter a little bit later, but... In this, this chapter, there's four things, observations, that I think we can make um, that we can apply in our own personal life as well. And the first one is this, that your friends or your, um, your cohorts, your allies, don't always give you the best advice. You see, David's men had good intentions when they da- gave David the advice that Saul was in the cave, and he was away from his men. He was exposed, if you will, um, and he was vulnerable. And so they said, basically, and all, this is your chance. And all, basically, the Lord has given him into your hand for you to take him out. Because their allegiance was, for, was to David. It wasn't to Saul. Their allegiance was to David. So they had... David's best interest, or they thought they had David's best interest in mind, and their, their intentions were good. They were trying to protect David in this situation. Now, this is one of what I find, as we've shared with our students in this, this is one of the funny passages of Scripture here because the fact that it says that in his pursuit of David, there came a time in the pursuit. I don't know if he was just running too hard or uh, it just kind of, you know, the moment hit him. You ever been in that situation where uh, you're somewhere and the moment hits you and you just got to go to the bathroom? Um, and um, I don't know about you, but uh, when, when a guy says they've got to go to the bathroom, they got to go. Um, and they got to go now. Um, you know, they kind of waited around. Uh, a woman will tell you, you know, I've got to go to the bathroom and, uh, it may be five or six hours later and, you know, they still got to go to the bathroom, but they haven't gone. No, when, when, especially little boys, when they say they've got to go to the bathroom, they've got to go to the bathroom. I'll never forget going on trips with my family. And when we said we had to go to the bathroom, um, we had to go and, uh, there wasn't time to, uh, well, give me five minutes, uh, you know, for me to find an exit. No, we had to go. And, but Saul finds himself in the situation where um, Mother Nature just taking its course and he's got to go. And so he finds this cave. Out of all the caves um, from what I've read this week, there were many caves in the area. But out of all the caves, he chooses this one. And the one that he chooses 
just happens to be the one where, although he didn't realize it, where David and his men were hidden deep back in the cave. And David's men are like, hey, this is it. This is your time, buddy. And all. this is your time to take the king out. This is your time. You know, he's trying to take your life, you know, and God has placed him in this situation for you to take his life. Saul had also gotten some bad advice. Because the whole reason that Saul was pursuing David the to kill him was the fact that he had gotten advice from uh, some bad advice from others in his camp that uh, David was out to harm him. And we're going to see David's intention uh, in just a little bit. But, you know, friends don't always give you the best advice. They're going to give you advice sometimes uh, because they're your friends. And I know maybe you've been in that same boat where you've had a friend or you've had a close friend. Coworker or somebody that a uh, family member that have asked you um, for advice and you've given them advice not based on what is best for them but also but what they want to hear. Have you ever given somebody advice based on what they they want to hear? Have you ever told them you told that that family member that loved one that friend um, what they wanted to hear even though it wasn't the right advice? Why do we do it? We do it because we care for them, right? We don't want to hurt them. You know, we, you know the truth isn't always nice. Uh, and, but, so sometimes we give advice that's not the best advice. It's advice that's going to make that person feel better. It's advice that we feel like is um, what they want to hear, but it's not the best advice. And although David's men had good intention and they were just trying to protect David, their advice was not the best advice. Now, on the surface, it looks like, hey, yeah, you know, that's exactly what I would have said. And if we're honest with ourselves, if we would have been in that situation, and not only was David's life on, on the line, but those men's life were on the line as well. So they thought, well... It's either my life or their life, you know, so, uh, so this is what we're going to do. Um, but sometimes friends don't give the best advice. Sometimes our loved ones don't give us the right advice because they don't want to hurt us. And because they think they're looking out for our best interest. And we see that take place in those first few verses. The second thing that I... I think that we need to see that we can unpack is this. When we try to do things our own way, the Holy Spirit will convict the believer's heart. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. The Holy Spirit's there to lead you, to guide you in the way of righteousness, in the way of the way that God wants us to go. But there are times where we have a mind lapse. There are times where because of our sinful nature, and you know, we still want to, we still make decisions based on our way. Maybe we have a moment of uh, selfishness, or maybe there's things in our life that are causing us uh, to make decisions that um, aren't based on our faith, but based on 
what we want. Saul was taking care of business. And like I said, we're, we're not going to go into that. But uh, one of the things that I understood as I was preparing for the message this week is when, when a king or a man would go to the restroom uh, and to relieve himself, not only would he go away from his friends or for Saul's, his, his men, uh, his camp of soldiers, but also... Um, I mean, basically, they took off everything, the robe and everything, to go to the restroom. Um, you're talking about exposed. He was uh, as exposed as he could be. Uh, and there for a brief moment, David quietly gets close enough to where Saul's clothing is, and he cuts off a corner of his robe. You see, David wanted to do something to prove to King Saul that he wasn't out to harm him or kill him like he was being told. But it didn't take very long. It says in chapter, in verse 5, afterwards, David was conscience-stricken for having cut off the corner of his robe. And you say, well, I mean, it really isn't that big a deal. I mean, he didn't, he didn't harm Saul personally. He didn't harm Saul's life. But the actual fact of cutting off the corner of the robe, in those days, basically David was saying, and all the transfer of power of the kingdom and all is being transferred from me to you. Or from you to me. And all in other words, someone who would do this would say, All right, now I'm in I'm in control. And what David the Holy Spirit helped David realize was Although David had been anointed by Samuel some chapters earlier, some, um, you know, it wasn't God's time. And so David in his heart had a moment where he realized, although I didn't take his life, I shouldn't have done what I did. You ever, you ever been in one of those situations where you made a decision or you've done something and then later on you realize... You know, it wasn't the worst thing I could have done, but it really wasn't the best thing that I should have done either. Um, one small action sometimes leads to greater actions. And what David also was reminded of in this brief moment was, although Saul meant evil toward David in pursuing him, at that moment, Saul was still the king of Israel. And he was David's commander. He was also, if you recall, um, Saul was David's father-in-law. And he, so he has this moment, and he says, The Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master. The Lord anointed, the Lord's anointed, or lift my hand against him, for he is anointed of the Lord. There comes a time where you may not respect the person, whether it be a, a male or a female, that is put in a position of leadership, but you must respect the office that they hold. 
You may not always agree with whoever our president or our local government is, but you respect the office. Why? Because we understand from Romans chapter 13 that they are there because God has appointed them. Romans 13 says this, Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist has been established by God. David realized that although he had been anointed as the next king of Israel, uh, that Saul was still the king of Israel at this time. And if he was going to show a character of leadership, he had to set an example for those men that were serving under him by saying, what I did was wrong. Now, he could have gone on and he could have said, oh, yeah, and the Lord put him, put him right here in this situation. He's out to kill me. I'm just going to make an example of him. But instead, he decided to take the high road. There are times in our life that we may not respect certain people, but if, they're, if they are in an office in which they have been elected to, we have to respect the office. And respecting the office is so important, especially in the time that we live in, where there's so much animosity there's so much hatred. There's so much division in our country. If the church would lead by example and say, hey, I may not like what's going on, but I respect the office in which they hold. Because whether I realize it or not, or whether I, don't, whether I understand it or not, they are there because God has put them there for such a time as this. And it could be to teach us a lesson. It could be to draw us back to him. Once David had done this, his heart was convicted that what he was doing wasn't right. He wasn't trusting God in the moment to vindicate himself. In Psalm 24, when you read that, uh, it's a psalm. Uh, David hoping one day that he would have the opportunity you know, to find vindication uh, from Saul. Psalm 54 says this, Save me, O God, this is David talking, Save me, O God, by your name. Vindicate me by your might. Hear my prayer, O God. Listen to the words of my mouth. Strangers are attacking me. Ruthless men seek my life. Men without regard for God. Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. Let every recoil on those who slander me in your faithfulness destroy them. I will sacrifice a free will offering to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me from all of my troubles. And my eyes have looked in triumph on my foes. David was looking for a time where he would get vindication from Saul. Where he would be able to defend himself in front of Saul. And show him and prove to him that David wasn't out to harm him. Actually, David was still serving him the best that he could. But there are times in our own life when we know that something may be coming up or maybe 
a situation arises, and if we're not careful, when we get in the flesh, we try to take things in our own hands. Maybe we, the timing is not right for the young person here today, and maybe you're thinking, you know, well, when is that, when is that special guy, when is that special girl going to come into my life? And sometimes we will try to force a relationship just because we, we're wired for relationships. We, how many people, how many young people have gotten into relationships because of what they wanted at that moment instead of waiting on God's perfect timing to bring that person into their life? I can count many, many times, many, many stories of brokenhearted young people who got into relationships because they just wanted to be in a relationship with someone, although they knew it wasn't right. But when we try to do things our way, the Holy Spirit will convict our hearts. The third observation that we see here, and we're going we're gonna to read in verses 8 through 15, is that personal conversations is a great way to resolve differences. Personal conversations is a great way to resolve differences. Now, if we put this in the modern times, David could have sent a text or sent an email or posted something on social media, uh, you know, about Saul or to Saul and uh, trying to defend himself through that. But what David did was he waited for the right moment and he went out and he basically had a personal conversation now, this was a social distancing conversation here because he waited till Saul got far enough away where he could come out of the cave and defend his position. And this is what David said after Saul left the cave and went his way. Then David went out of the cave and called out to Saul, My Lord, the king. The fact that he said those words, My Lord, the king, showed that David still had respect for the office that Saul had been put in. When Saul looked behind him, David bowed down and prostrated himself with his face to the ground. And he said to Saul, Why do you listen when men say, David is bent on harming you? This day you have seen with your own eyes how the Lord delivered you into my hands in the cave. Some urged me to kill you, but I spared you. I said, I will not lift my hand against my master because he is the Lord's anointed. See, my father, look at the piece, this piece of robe in my hand. I cut off the corner of your robe, but you didn't, but did not kill you. Now understand and recognize that I'm not guilty of wrongdoing or rebellion. I've not wronged you, but you are hunting me down to take my life. May the Lord judge between you. And me, and may the Lord avenge the wrongs you have done to me, but my hand will not touch you. As the old saying goes, from evildoers come evil deeds, so my hand will not touch you. Against whom has the king of Israel come out? Whom are you pursuing, a dead dog, a flea? May the Lord be our judge and decide between us. May he consider my cause and uphold it. May he vindicate me by delivering me from your hand. How many times have you and I or people that we know tried to get our point across or defend our position on a social media post, a text, or an email only to be misunderstood? 
I can tell you that's happened a lot to people that I know and to myself. Why? Because you can't express your emotions. You you can't see someone's heart through a type of an email, through a post on social media. Now, there's emojis that can kind of help you in that now, uh, but you still don't get the effect. If you have a conflict or you have a difference with someone, the best way still is to go to that person trusting God is going to work through that conversation and try to resolve your differences. Work it out. I never forget growing up when my brother and I, and it happened very often, um, would get into um, scuffles and fights over things. Um, And there were times mom would put us in a room and she'd say, you work it out. Now, sometimes we didn't understand what she meant by working it out because she closed the door and we worked it out by by, um, going to battle with each other. WWE style. Um, but we, but we knew what she meant. She meant that you need to sit down and you need to carve out your differences. You need to say what, what's bothering you and you need to say what's bothering you and you need to figure it out. And I'm afraid that we, we have generations of people who maybe they're too afraid or maybe they're too cowardly to sit down and have a conversation with somebody that they have differences with. It's so much easier to type something out and hit send because we don't have to face the person. But so many times in life when we use the technology that we have today to defend ourselves or to try to resolve a difference, it is often misunderstood because you can't see the heart of the person that's sending it always. Personal conversations help both parties to get a better grasp of the situation. And David decided that, hey, I'm going to defend myself in front of Saul, but I'm going to do it face to face. Not only was that the right thing to do, but for David's men to see him do that showed them an example of what David's character and what his leadership was truly going to be like. And the last thing that we see in the passage is that trusting God in the process is always your best option. In verse 16, after David has defended himself, we see Saul's response. He says, when David finished saying this, Saul asked, "Is is that your voice, David, my son? And he wept aloud. You are more righteous than I, he said. You have treated me well, but I have treated you badly. You have just now told me of the good you did to me. The Lord delivered me into your hands, but you did not kill me. When a man finds his enemy, does he 
Let him go get away unharmed. May the Lord reward you for the way you have treated me. I know, verse 20, I know that you will surely be the king and that the kingdom of Israel will be established into your hands. Throughout the situation, at the end of the day, David decided that instead of taking things into my own hands, I'm going to trust that God's going to work it out in his time, in his way. We see that in chapter 23 when Saul is pursuing David again. And in verse 9 through 11, David says, Don't destroy him. Who can lay a hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? As surely as the Lord lives, he said, the Lord himself will strike him. Either in his time, either his time will come, or he will die, or he will go into battle and perish. But the Lord forbid that I should lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. Now get the spear and water jug that is near his head and let's go. David trusted God in the process. He decided to trust God to handle the situation with Saul, not to take things into his own hands. And by David doing exactly what he should have done by going out to Saul and defending himself in person, God opened Saul's eyes to see that it wasn't David who was out to do evil or harm. It was actually Saul. Saul saw the evil that was in his actions. David had even used a used a proverb when he said for evil doers come from evil doers come evil deeds meaning that out of your character will come your conduct. Out of your character and all will come your character will be revealed through your conduct. You see someone can act a certain way, they can be a certain way, but eventually and all the heart is going to be revealed. Good or bad. And that doesn't only happen for, a, for an unbeliever, it happens for the believer as well. Our character will always be revealed. David's character was revealed and Saul saw it. He saw that David was not out to harm him. God opened his eyes to see that. And the vindication that David sought, David received on this day. And he did it by trusting God, by following God. Saul confirms to David what David, what, what God already knew, that David would soon become the king of Israel and take Saul's place. And not only would David take Saul's place, but David would be the one that God used to restore all the bad that Saul had done. And he did it not by trusting in himself, but trusting in God. I don't know where you're at today. Maybe maybe you don't have a personal conflict with someone, but there's something in your life today, something going on, a situation, where you've got to make the choice. Am I going to trust God With this circumstance in my life, am I going to trust God with this situation that I find myself in? Am I going to let God work it out and show me the way? 
And once we know that way, we have to ask our, ourselves this question. Am I going to follow him? I say that I trust him. If I trust him, I'm going to follow him in the process. So many times I've heard athletes who've been asked, say, well, why, why, do you, why have you stuck around for your, your senior year? Why have you stuck around for your senior year to wait and all to play? And so many times I've heard these athletes said, I've just trusted the process. I knew that God's timing was, would be right. And this is my time. I did what I did, and I prepared for this moment that now is mine. David was doing the exact same thing. He had already been anointed king. But he trusted God that it would be in God's timing and God's way when he would take over that leadership. What are, you trust, what are you needing to trust God with today? Is it a family issue? Is it a heart issue? Is it a social issue? Ask yourself today, am I going to do it my way? Or am I going to allow it to be done God's way? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for this time that we can open up your word and see how an experience that David had thousands of years ago is so applicable to our life today. So, Lord, I pray that today, no matter what the situation is, no matter what the circumstance is that we find ourselves in, that we will trust God and that we will trust in His process to bring about, at His timing and in His way, knowing that God's way is always the best option. In your name we pray. Amen. As we close today, I'm just simply going to open up the altar. Uh, and maybe there's something that's going on in your life that you've not even shared with anybody. Maybe there's a health situation or circumstance that has come up recently. And you're having a hard time trusting God with it. You're wanting to, to take care of it. You're wanting to try to do all that you can in your own strength. Maybe today is the day that you just need to surrender that to God. The altar's open. And all. If, if you feel comfortable, I'm comfortable enough to pray with you. Or maybe you want to wait till the end of the service. We'll be around to, to talk with you. But as the music plays... If there's things in your life where you just need to surrender and you need to say, God, I'm tired of trying to do it my way. I'm trusting in you and your timing. So you respond as the Spirit leads.
and you continue to pray. The Lord's moving, and uh, Miss Linda has come down, and uh, there's been some things going on in her life, and uh, she said, I just feel like I need to testify about what God's doing in my life. So, Miss Linda, I'm going to turn over the mic to you, and if, um, if you want to just share with what God's teaching you right now. Well, I guess most of you've heard we've had a lot of things going on in my family. Um, it started with our grandson Chandler when he fell and had an injury to his neck. And we didn't realize how bad it was until infection set in and he had a fractured vertebrae. Mm. And the infection was eating away at the next vertebrae. And, but God was with us. And the outcome, the doctors even said it's a miracle he's not either dead or paralyzed. Mm. So that was our miracle number one. And then a few weeks later, I had a heart attack just out of the blue. Wasn't expecting that. And uh, God was with us again. And it was a, a major one because I didn't realize, I knew the pain was excruciating. It had to be bad. But I didn't know until after it was all over and they did the procedure that it was the main artery blocked 100%. Hmm. So they said I could have died or had a life quality that wouldn't have been good. So that was miracle number two. And um, when we left the hospital, I was blessed to have a wonderful nurse. And when she took me out to the car, she looked at me and Alan and she said, I just feel like I need to pray with you. And so she took her gloved hand and took mine and Alan's hand with her mask on, and she prayed the sweetest prayer. And something she said in that prayer, I didn't realize I was going to need that little line later, but she said, may God put a hedge of protection around you and keep you safe. Amen. And that has just stuck with me ever since. And so after two miracles, I thought, well, Lord, we've given, given us two. I don't think we're going to get any more. Well... The rest of the story is we got another one on Friday night. Alan came over to the cemetery to mark off the plot for Miss Francis' funeral so the funeral home would know where to dig the grave. He came back home, was sitting out on Woodruff Road, of all places, to come back to our house, waiting to turn into the driveway. And a young man comes down the road going 50 miles an hour, doesn't look and see him, and hits him. And spins him around, and um, the car was just so mangled, it was a sight to, for me to even look at. But he came out with just soreness. They took him to the hospital Friday night, and Jeff and I sat out on the bench. We couldn't sit inside, so we had to sit out there for a few hours waiting to see if he was injured. But they x-rayed his neck and his chest. I think the seat belt really did a number on his chest when it tightened up. And uh, so there was another miracle that we wasn't expecting another one. But he walked out from the emergency room to us with just uh, muscle relaxers and to just be sore and stove up for a while. But we just didn't think we could have that many. Well, he's done a wonderful work in our lives, and I just felt like I needed to stand and testify. And... Uh, there's a Bible verse that came to me when I was in ICU for three days. I said, and I'd heard it, and I had read it, but it came to mean a lot to me. All things work together for good to those who love the Lord, and I really believe that. 
And thank you for letting me testify. And I appreciate all the prayers that have gone up on behalf of Chandler and me. And some of you didn't even know about Alan's thing until now. But uh, we appreciate all your prayers. It means a lot, especially those personal things. When you call and tell me, I'm praying for you. Or you send a card and say, I'm praying for you. We appreciate it so much. I just wanted to stand and testify about what God has done and that there's still miracles out there. I believe in them, and I hope you do too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Linda. Appreciate it. Um, wow. We began the service by singing. The words, you are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. And I just told Joey that I feel like that's the way we need to end it. By praising God and proclaiming that he is the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Because that is who he is. So will you join us as we close the service? By going back and singing this song, Waymaker. Let's all stand together and sing. I want to thank you for being here today and uh, be praying for those that are going to be uh, going out with me in the morning to help uh, finish cutting down, uh, cutting up some trees and uh, removing some uh, debris from uh, Miss Cheryl's house over there in Spartanburg and for all the other local missions uh, opportunities that we have uh, to be a part of this week. So uh, maybe you can't be a part of all of it, but if there's one thing that you can be a part of, man, we would love to have you come join us this week, uh, whether it's visiting some of our uh, our older folks uh, and just kind of doing, uh, seeing them and letting them know through the window that, hey, we're praying for you. We love you. 
Uh, we're here for you if there's anything that we can do for you. Uh, and be praying for uh, Thursday night, especially as uh, many in our church uh, go out with Pastor Jack and our uh, summer interns, uh, simply asking the question, how can I pray for you? And uh, what I would do is I would ask you to pray right now that you would pray uh, that God would give us opportunities, maybe, to share the good news of the gospel with someone in this community. In your name we pray. Amen.